0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are
1: excited to launch
0: the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: That said, my name is Brad Caldwell. I'm the CEO of Spark Business Strategies in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we run the branding and marketing for businesses across sports, medicine, home services, a wide range of other companies and other industries and brands all across the United States and even in a couple other countries. I also consult business leaders and speak around the country about team building mindset, authenticity, and other fun things like that. Today, we're talking about alignment. If we're going to drop a title, let's say, Out of Alignment, How Alignment Can Become Productive. I drive a 1979 Ford Bronco. I am not a cool guy, per se. Like, I'm not, like, cool. (laughs) I never really have been. But my ride is cool. It's a cool truck. Like, when you see me driving down the road, you assume I'm much taller than I really am. It's silver and navy, has the removable back shell. It's a big enough engine to tow boats and trailers and whatever else I need. But it's a small enough engine to almost be able to afford gas. And as cool as it is, It's also as old as I am. I am a 1980 model, it's a 1979. So it doesn't always do the basics, like turn on, or go forward, or not leak some fluid that seems better suited for the inner workings of a vehicle, as opposed to my driveway. Because old cars mess up, they just do. And last week at lunch with a client, My Bronco decided that while it had gotten me safely to two earlier meetings and to the lunch meeting I was at, that it would not be taking me back to my office. Now, I love my Bronco. I do. I love that thing. But I'm not a car guy. Just not. I wish I was. My dad is. My dad actually was a mechanic. Until he got injured and then he became a salesman. But I'm not a car guy. I don't know a lot I can fix very little and I can diagnose even less than that but I knew it wouldn't turn on it wouldn't even turn over the Bronco didn't even make a sound quickly stumped. I had no idea what was going on I called for a tow truck to a friend that owns a local shop and another call for a ride home to get back to work one hour after the two um, after the two had picked, after the tow truck had picked up my Bronco and my friend had picked me up, I got a call from my mechanic friend. He said that he shifted the truck into neutral, shifted it back into park and it started right up. I'm going to give you guys the step-by-step of how the mechanic fixed my car one more time. He shifted it into neutral then into park. And then started the truck. Yep. One hour after I couldn't get the car to work, the sky was falling. I needed a ride home. He shifted it into neutral, then into park, and then he turned it on. See, in late model vehicles with automatic transmissions, if the car gets turned off and isn't fully engaged in park and or neutral, it will not turn back on. It won't make a sound. It won't fire. If the gear is out of alignment, the entire vehicle shuts down. It's a defense mechanism. Even in really old cars, if they think there's an issue of alignment, they know to protect the transmission and protect the engine. The easiest way to do that, just don't turn on. So it didn't. My Bronco wouldn't start because the transmission was not aligned. And it would have started right back up if me, who knows nothing, obviously, had just shifted to neutral and then back to park. If I'd have just put the Bronco back into proper alignment, this intro wouldn't exist. It's amazing how much more difficult things can be when we're simply out of alignment. Alignment impacts us both personally and professionally. I'll give you guys another story. This is, I've done this one before. You know how sometimes we have these stories that we just can't help but repeat. When I was in high school playing a little bit of baseball, I didn't warm up properly. I threw one pitch too many, pop, pain, shoulder. And I don't know if you know anything about shoulders for all the people on here that aren't dark doctors or oft injured people. But when a shoulder comes out of socket, everything around it is now weakened and the shoulder can come out of socket that much more easily all the time. So I have to be aware even today happened when I was 15. I'm 41. Now, 26 years later, I still have to be mindful of just how easily my shoulder can come out of socket. While I don't play baseball anymore, and I'm not in the gym, and I'm not trying to impress anybody. And my days of physical development are, are long past. I still pick up a two year old, still hop into the car, drive the truck, run to the event, go fishing with my buddies. I have to be mindful all the time of the misalignment that I walk in. So first let's just, let's diagnose misalignment in a vehicle. You notice the steering pulling against you. The wear on the tires is unbalanced. The wheels squeak or squeal the steering wheel tilts, but your car is driving straight. That's all an indication that there's a misalignment. So if we're trying to ascertain in our personal life or in our professional life, the road that we're on the misalignments that we walk in, my first encouragement to you would be know the road you're on. See where you're sitting. It seems like a basic of driving. Recognize where you've been, see where you're headed, look where you're seated. Three steps. Everybody here who drives does it all the time. You look back, you check your blind spots, you look in the mirrors, you look through the windshield, it's again, obvious. So you see the pothole coming. You look back, you ever swerved to miss something and you look back in the mirror to see what you missed. You missed it. And in the process of correcting, you're still trying to figure out what it was you'd had to dodge. Are more of those coming or is that a one-off? Because it would change the way we drive. Earlier in in this lead up, Dora said, well, it's good that Brad's here because of the weather. I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. If you're unfamiliar, that means I live on the coast. I live about five minutes from the Atlantic Ocean and about five minutes from uh, the Cape Fear River, the largest river in North Carolina that feeds into the Atlantic. So we literally live where the river meets the ocean, not like That picturesque. We're a little farther inland, but we live really close. And we get good weather. Eight, nine months out of the year, you kind of wish you were here. Not today, friends. (laughs) Not today, not yesterday. Schools were closed yesterday because in North Carolina, especially down at the coast, when it's at or below freezing and something's falling from the sky, we ain't having school. Grocery stores don't have bread and milk. People are salting everything they own and hunkering down. Like it's apocalyptic, it's weird. And so overnight last night, that cold got a little bit colder and it dropped down into the mid to low 20s. And more precipitation fell. So there's like white stuff on my car, which is weird because we don't get that. But what do you tell somebody as they're about to get on the road on a day where there's bad weather? You say, drive careful. I rarely get told to drive careful, drive careful in July. On a sunny day, very rarely does anyone ever tell me, hey, pay attention. It's tricky out there, what with all the sunshine and the people on vacation. Nope. But we know in inclement weather, to receive the warning, to give the warning, to warn ourselves. We're going to walk out into the car today with the right footwear on and the right coat on and a hat on and maybe some gloves on. And of course, I don't own a scraper because again, where I live, this never happens. So I'm going to do some weird trick to try to get the ice off the windshield and then I'm going to start the car and let it run. And then as I pull out, I'm immediately gonna be trying to figure out if the roads are drivable. Are they safe? Can I do this? Go slow, be hyper aware. Because it's important to know the road that you're on. But we're not talking about goal setting. We're not talking about know where you're at right now and know where it is that you wanna be. This is just looking forward, looking backward, and owning where you stand in order to ascertain alignment. You've got to know the landscape of the journey that you are presently on. It becomes imperative to be able to ascertain properly where you're at right now. For a lot of us, we find that we're either up or we're down or we're unaware. And it's very difficult. If all you see is roses or all you see is clouds, or you have a really solid habit of not paying attention to any signs in your life, it's really hard to know the road you're on. So the second point would be very simple. Know your central points. Know your North Stars, know know your core values. Know the values of the job that you have. I've driven a car enough to know when it's pulling against me. I know the sounds that are normal when you're driving down the road. No one ever breaks their neck and turns back and looks at the sound of a car just turning on and going down the street. We turn and we look back when there's something that's not normal. The only reason you can look around when you hear something abnormal is because you have a normal. You have a preset. You know what sounds are indicators of misalignments. You've heard them before. You know when the car squeaks, when the brakes squeal, when the wheel pulls you away. For some of us, because we don't own our centers, we either freak out at every single sound. Again, I drive an old car, so I am hyper aware that it's going to make old car sounds. The engine will run loud. It's a bigger engine. Everything creaks because everything's metal on metal. I will never hear the sound of static on the radio because the radio doesn't even remotely work. So if I hear static, I don't know what's happening because the radio doesn't even remotely turn on. I know all of those things. I know the normal but if I were to freak out at every single sound in my life on my journey, and I were to lose my mind and lose my concentration because of any sound that was outside of the parameters of what I say are normal, then I'm living my journey with pessimism and fear. Is that you today? Every sound that's outside of normal, Brings you to a stop, doesn't slow you down, doesn't make you look in the mirrors, makes you darn near want to get out of the car. And then there's the other driver. Man, that's the person who ignores every sign on earth. They're not paying attention to anything. They're going to drive their life, live their journey, work their job, build their career, however they darn well please. Rules, be damned. And if you're like me, those are generally the people who cause you a bit of road rage. Because they don't seem to be concerned for anyone else on the road. And we would say that person does not live by pessimism and fear. They're living their life out by ignorance and arrogance. They're the only car they're caring about on the road. And they don't care how they get from A to B. They just gotta get from A to B. It's important to know the way we drive. Because anyone will tell you. Any chiropractor will tell you about the spine. Any mechanic will tell you about the car. The way you drive the instrument determines what kinds of misalignment it will have. Hear that again. The way you live, the way you drive determines the kinds of misalignments you will have everybody's going to have misalignments. Dr. Sean's entire industry exists, not because people do horrible things to themselves and get hurt. Chiropractic exists because gravity is always pulling down on us. Always pulling down. And as it pulls down, that's just not necessarily what the spine was made for. So we're compressing always, always just a movement away from impinging on a nerve, shifting a disc, making a decision that's outside of the normal course of our work and our life that hurts the instrument of our body and now we are misaligned. But it's important first and foremost to know your central points. Because when you think right now, like right now, if you said, oh, I'm the one walking in fear, here's what's crazy. You're probably right. You're probably right. And if you would say, in honor of of, of meatloaf, that you drive life like a bat out of hell, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. So there's the person who heard a knock in the engine and assumed it's about to explode, they're off on the side of the road and they're calling AAA. And there's the person who's one red light away from totaling the car. And we're all a little bit of one of those. But there's one surefire step to spotting misalignments in life. So first, know the road you're on. Second, know your central points. But the third one's so important. Gosh, it's so important. Call for help. Call for help. The minute the Bronco wouldn't start, I knew immediately I was beyond my capacity. Like, there has never been a time that any car I've ever had, new ones, old ones, fancy ones, very normal ones. I've had a lot more normal ones than fancy ones. A lot more, like, almost exclusively. Like, the Bronco's kind of the fanciest car I've ever had, and it's so not fancy it's almost fancy essentially it's retro because again it's really just all metal and combustion that's really all i drive but the minute it wouldn't start i knew i don't know how to make cars that won't start start like i went through that deep this is very sarcastic checklist of automotive know-how did i put gas in the car Yep. Do I know how to start the car? Yep. Did I check both those? Yep. Oh crap. I don't know what's wrong with the car. I immediately knew I didn't know what, what was wrong, which means I immediately did the second thing. Oh man. From the minute I knew this thing won't work. It has gas. I know how to start it. I've done it before successfully multiple times. His name's Wayne. I called Wayne, he's a mechanic. He said, well, Brad, I don't know what to tell you from here. You got to get to the shop. Oh, I did what it took to get it to Wayne. Cause in his hands, what is broken can be fixed. What is misaligned can be put back in place. Professionals are awesome that way. And then I called John. John is a close friend, one of my best friends. And I knew he was nearby. know where they're at right more often than not the ones that are in proximity to our life whether professionally or personally we know where they're at and I know he's on a short list of people who won't be bothered by my problem do you have those people because then after John I call my wife so when we perceive a misalignment we often need help do you know when you need help. I needed Wayne to be the professional that could tell me with great certainty that my issue was minor. He gave me a simple fix. Yes, he laughed at me. Some of you probably laughed at me. I laughed at me. It's not really embarrassing. It's kind of dumb. Oh, you shifted it. Could have done that. And I needed John to look at what I was looking at to see if he was seeing what I was seeing. And he tried to start the car guys. We tried to jump the car. We tried to jump the solenoid. We wiggled and toggled wires. We moved things around. We took the key out of the ignition. We checked the ignition. We checked the start. We did a million things. I didn't just throw my hands up in the air. I called my buddy to make sure that he was seeing what I was seeing. Do you have someone who helps you see what you think you're seeing on the road that you're on? You don't need a lot of those people. You just need to be able to trust those people when you have them. And unfortunately for John, who was a mechanic and does know how to fix cars, it never occurred to him to shift it. So we sent it to the pro. And I needed Grace. That's my wife. Because she's always beside me metaphorically or literally, she rides with me. I ride with her. And when something sounds wrong or something breaks down or something's impacting me, it's impacting her. That's how close we are. I call on the people that ride with me no matter how I'm feeling. You better believe I have called my wife to tell her, somebody in a really cool car honked at the Bronco and waved at me, and now I feel like a really cool person. Yep, I've called my wife with that stupid call before. Do you know why I didn't call the mechanic? Because that would be embarrassing. I'm not doing that. He's a professional. He is not riding along with me through life. He is someone I trust when I know there's a misalignment beyond my capacity. But grace rides with me sometimes quite literally, but she is always beside me. The pro, the close friend, the ride-along partners. Do you have those people when you need help? Because it's powerful to spot the misalignment, but it is imperative to treat it. I mentioned my shoulder a moment ago and if you want to listen to that podcast, good gosh, feels like that was seven months ago, maybe one of the very first ones I did. You're going to have to go way back. I think it was, if you look at the breakfast with champions podcast, I think it was in the double digits. It's like 30 or something. And now we're at like 700 or something. So you got to look all the way back and you'll hear me discussing dislocation. It's a lot like misalignment. And the number one reason that I need to put my shoulder back in socket when it slips out of its alignment, is because it hurts. It hurts. And while the Bronco not starting might've hurt my pride a little bit, the metaphor kind of falls apart, right? Cause I can get a ride. I have an office at the house. My my company did just fine with my car being stranded for a minute. But there are some misalignments that manifest much more like dislocations and friends, they hurt, they hurt. And when something's hurting and you can point to it. So, you know, the road you're on you know, your central points. When you make that call for help, you know who to pick the call because you know where it hurts. Do you just notify people? Hey, just wanted to let you know, I'm in pain. I'll talk to you tomorrow. No, friend. Awareness is so important in the treating of a misalignment. Personal or professional, look around. If you can spot the areas of misalignment and truly ascertain what they are, and maybe even how they got here, you can intuit how you might treat them. If you are tired, if you are tired and you're like, I am exhausted, there's a world of difference between being in your craft and executing at your level for a decade and just being tired because you've been doing the work for so long and having COVID, they are very different. I have been in branding and marketing now for almost a decade. I've owned a company for three years, Spark turned three two weeks ago. Entrepreneurship is a different beast. I got COVID on January 1st. I have been tired because of my job. And my career and my passion for it. And I have been tired because there is something aberrational inside of me shutting me down. Same word, very different origin. Changes who I call when I know that my exhaustion is because, man, I just need somebody to lift my arms for a minute. I'm tired of running a company. Can someone just tell me it's okay? Can someone make me feel a little better? Can someone say something positive? Can someone remind me that our work changes businesses, which changes people, which changes families, which changes communities? Can someone just remind me of that? Because I can't see it today. Because right now the emails suck and the calls suck and I am tired and it is 10 a.m., like on a Tuesday. 10 a.m. on Tuesday gets me every time. Real different than, there's something inside of me that I can't control. I'm exhausted like I've never been before. You gotta be able to spot the difference. You gotta be able to look around. Because some misalignments simply require a change of posture or perspective. And that one, that one's on you and me. If I called Dr. Sean and said, man, my shoulders are killing me. My neck hurts like the upper part of my back. First thing my man might say is, do you slouch when you sit at your desk? Do you sit your chair up high for your legs, but your desk sits low? Bro, you just, you're hunching for hours every day. Of course it hurts. Stop doing that. And that's when he kind of shifts from being the professional to being the person who's close enough to me to be like, bro, you're slouching, stop slouching. And then I sit up straight. Like some of you heard me say, Dr. Sean's a chiropractor and you just sat up straight because you heard the word. You're like, oh crap, my posture. I can't nobody see you. This is an audio only app. But some issues require your closest accountability that can spot a split or an aberration in your daily life or work. They can see the problem better than you. It's like when your sibling walked behind you while you were playing that video game, that little brain teaser game, that puzzle. My grandfather used to always do this to my grandmother. She'd be sitting there working on a huge jigsaw puzzle. He'd walk up behind her, And he'd grab like four pieces and in like six seconds, put them in the right spot. And then he'd giggle and he'd walk away. And she'd be cussing that man all the way to his recliner. Because he could walk right up behind her. He knew exactly where she was at and what she was doing and that she was missing it. Do you have those kinds of people in your life? And pros, pros are for those major misalignments and they're just necessary. If it's in our outputs at work, talk to the boss. If it's a misalignment in our marriage, then you gotta have people you can talk to about your, your marriages and your partnerships. If it's a challenge with kids, I'm, more often than not, I'm going to someone else who's a parent. Hey, have you ever dealt with this? What's the best way to handle this? My oldest child tried out for the middle school soccer team three weeks ago. Didn't make it, was crushed. First time he'd ever really, truly tried out for something when he believed he had the capacity to do it. I called a friend. said, man, how do I help my son right now? Because He's hurt and I don't know what to say to him. And he reminded me that there was a musical coming up and my son said he was going to try out for that too. So we practiced. For those who don't know my background, I went to college originally to sing. And so I was in a bunch of musicals and stuff through high school and college. And so I was like, Parker, that's my oldest child. Parker, do you wanna you wanna you wanna work on it a little bit with your dad? Sure, sure, dad. You wanna talk about it? Here's how you here's how you try out in a musical. This one I know. Let's talk about this one. And two days ago he found out he's the lead in the play. I'm so grateful I called my friend because as much as it's frustrating that he didn't make the team and you should have seen that kid's face when he sent me a screenshot of the cast list and the text message and I ran downstairs because he didn't want to disturb me at work and I ran downstairs just to see him smile. I made one phone call to someone I knew I could trust about a parenting moment I'd never been in before. We got to be able to treat the misalignments. And I think sometimes one of the major ways we can treat the misalignments is not only to look around, but also make some corrections. We need to be able to make corrections because some of the things we do on the daily aren't good for us. If there's that one road that's covered in potholes, you take it because you've convinced yourself it's the quicker way to work, but it's destroying your alignment in your car. Maybe take the longer way around. You might find you get there faster and with much less risk. And life's that way. Sometimes you can't avoid the pothole. Sometimes you don't know it's there. But if you drive to work and you hit the same pothole every single day on your way to work, man, friend, you're crazy. Adjust. Drive around it. Take a different route. Gosh, get some asphalt and fix the freaking thing. Call the city, whatever it takes. But don't keep doing the same thing that's going to cause you more pain. Don't do that because the city won't pay to fix your car. And if I'm doing something in my life that's got a negative impact on your life and you're not telling me, I can guarantee you I'm not fixing it. I have people who report to me. I have clients who depend on me. I have sons who need me. And I've been married for almost 15 years. My mom and dad live an hour and change away. And I got friends, great friends. Not a lot of them, but man, we run deep. And if I'm doing something in any of those relationships, that is causing some sort of negative response, and they don't tell me I'm not responsible for fixing it. And so when the relationship breaks down or they're stressed out and it's got my name on it and I didn't know until it broke, that's not on me. So if you see problems that are causing misalignments in your life professionally, or personally, do something about them. Don't just look at them, isn't that crazy? To just run an obstacle course, see the obstacle, and then get pissed off because you just keep running into it. Hurdles are meant to be jumped over. Bridges are meant to be crossed. Mountains are meant to be climbed. Valleys are meant to be walked through. You're supposed to swim through the water, friends. If you keep running out into the water, don't get mad when you get wet water was meant for the dive not the walk so yes look around but then make a change well Brad it's more complicated than that there's just it's not a pothole Brad it's it's a it's a series of things I can't go into it right now there's a lot more to it there's a lot going on you just don't know about my boss sucks. I can't tell my boss I'm, I'm frustrated at work. The company is, is is really struggling during the pandemic. Do you have any idea how many people have quit in the last six months? Brad, it's so hard to do sales. It's so hard to do marketing. It's so hard to do back end work. It's so hard to work in the front of the house. Do you have any idea what it's like to work at a restaurant in America right now? Brad, you just don't know. Friend, you're right, I don't. I don't know your specific context. But if you're looking around, And you've made every change you could possibly make. For everything else, make a plan. Make a plan. You might not be able to drive a new route today. But if I run out of content on this show and I'm doing this exact talk in six months. And you're in the exact same spot that you're in. Don't complain about me repeating my content. That's the old, that's the old preacher joke, right? He gets up and he preaches the sermon and the, and the congregation loves it. And as he, and as he comes down to the door and he greets everybody as they walk out oh, pastor, great job, pastor, great message, pastor, that was wonderful, man. Just inspired. What a great message. And the next week he preaches the exact same message word for word. Now the congregation is a little awkward. It's a little uncomfortable. They're like, dang, that's kind of weird. I mean, we have some visitors, so maybe he just felt called, you know, let's don't doubt the preacher. Like, it's fine. It's fine. He comes down, he greets everybody after it's over. Hey, good, good word, pastor. That, that was good. A lot like last week, but that was good. Next week, he preaches the same message. Now the congregation is getting uncomfortable. Six weeks of the exact same message. Pastor finishes his sermon before he can even pray to close it out. A member of the congregation stands up and says, Pastor, I don't understand. We've been going here a long time. We've known you a long time. Why in the world do you keep preaching the same message over and over and over and over and over again? And the young pastor says, I'll stop preaching the message. As soon as you start doing what we're talking about. If you find that you're hearing the same sermon in your life over and over again, it just might be because you haven't applied it yet. Being able to spot a misalignment does not mean you've applied a realignment. Saying it's broken doesn't fix it. Seeing a problem doesn't mean you don't run into it. Spotting the alignment issues in our lives is not what podcast segments are made of. There are a lot of tactics for the big misalignments in life for the little ones. Brad, I'm 40 and I don't know what I wanna be when I grow up. Brad, I dealt with this as a child and it has dramatically impacted all of my relationships as an adult. I met someone on Thursday who I had like a professional, not consistent relationship with. Hadn't seen her face in two years, you know, COVID, all that stuff. And she said something about my wife. So I responded in kind with a question about her husband, who I didn't know had died six months before. I had no idea. Because we're not close like that. And obviously, it's not something she put on blast on social media. I wouldn't have seen it anyway. I'm terrible at that. But this is what she said. It's okay. It's okay, Brad. It's okay. And her name actually is Angel. And I was like, is it Angel? Is it okay? Because it wouldn't be okay for me. I don't know why you're making the face that you're making. You look like you're at peace and you're good. And, man, you've been married a long time. Y'all have adult children. Like, like I always heard great things about your husband. I'm so sorry. And she said, it's okay. My people are helping me. I'll be fine. Now, she doesn't mean she'll be great. She doesn't mean she won't walk with a limp. She didn't mean it didn't hurt today. What she meant was... I have people who I can bring my misalignments and my missteps to, and they're gonna help me walk. Could you imagine at every sporting event when a player went down, if nobody ever walked out to help them off the field and we all just watched? Right now, some of you think we're all just watching you limp, and it might be because you haven't asked us for help. So here's my encouragement to you all. We're gonna open it up for the last I don't want 17, 18 minutes for you guys to just toss out your steps for how you've been able to realign, course correct repair, recover, whatever your words are, they're great words. If it's a wackadoo word, I'll probably let it slide anyway. But if you're listening to this, and you're like, I am not raising my hand. I am not asking a question. There is no chance. Brad knows me and that's embarrassing. Brad doesn't know me from Adam and I'm not confessing that to a stranger. You're welcome to shoot me a message, but if you never ever shoot me a message, Look around, look around, but don't stop. Because there is a productivity waiting to be had for you when you find a way to realign. Thank you guys very much. We'll open up the mics. Uh, Door Maria, I see you, friend. Awesome.
3: Thank you so much, Brad. You're always bringing us topics that just really provoke thought, um, and I'm sure that people at least thought about standing or sitting taller when you said it, um, for sure. Um, if you lived a little closer to me, I grew up in a shop, I would have helped you out, man, because every time I've had an issue, I've been able to sort that out rather quickly. <laughs> um, but as far as your, your your thoughts of realignment, let me tell you, like, I was so close to really taking another role because of just dynamics. Um, You know when COVID happened right like i was just like wow this is maybe not what i should be doing right now and that alignment to what i care about as far as just caring about what my core love is which is to i love helping people and part of my role in training the tech space in the tech space is helping people so aligning with that and understanding that it just helped me to carve out my role and kind of shift it to more of what I wanted to do. So that realignment, I think, is, is, is really important. Sometimes it's not evident, by the way, because people tell you, oh, do it afraid, build your wings on the way down. And you're just like, okay, I'm not on the way down. I think I'm on the way sideways. And how do I get down? And you're not really thinking, but sometimes you really just have to think that, hey, I don't know what I don't know and seek that advice, right? Like if you didn't call your mechanic, your car probably would have still been sitting there, right? Um, but understanding that that also means seeking um, some, you know, words of wisdom from people who kind of have a lot of experience in that space to kind of guide your, your reflection process, right? So that you can self-align. So with that, I'll land my plane, thanks.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a really, really good point. I um, actually, the joke between me and my buddy is that if I didn't have a pro, I mean, I might still be pushing the Bronco. Those things are heavy. Like Broncos aren't small. So I'd still be pushing that thing down. If you're familiar with Wilmington down Carolina beach road, which is kind of a major road at the Southern end of our County. So people would just be watching me push this poor Bronco, that sad little man pushing that car by himself. Yes. No, that's, would it have been sitting there? No. Would it be a week later and I'm still pushing it? Yes, um, yes I, drive a,
3: I drive a stick shift. So trust me, I jumpstart that car in a quick minute whenever it gives me problems. So, yeah, <laughs> that's funny.
1: That's funny.
4: Tyrone, I think I see you on mic. Yeah, Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you, Brad. Um, good morning to you. Good morning, Dora. Good morning to all of those that are up on this Saturday morning. Uh, Brad, that was a great sh- uh, sh- share. My name is Tyrone uh, again. Thank you, Brad. Um, you know, when I think about your mechanic story and your uh, Bronco story, and uh, also shouts out to uh, Bloomington, uh, North Carolina. I am a, a former Panther myself, so I know all about North Carolina. <laughs> um, but when you gave you example, uh, it just made me think about some things as well. Uh, and it also includes a little bit with, uh, with what Dora uh, uh, talked about. Uh, but when you talked about your Bronco, you know, i immediately started thinking about uh, the uh, ignition ignition the battery the alternator the flywheel piston you know the mechanic um and then how things in that car that are bad but it's working together gas the spark from the spark plug actually emits a little fire so you got bad mixed in with good that is used to help get you to your destination. And as Dora talked about uh, alignment eliminate negativity the right people for each level and you know who you should, who you should spend time with. it immediately made me go back and again think Brad. you said alignment and balance, life journey. So those things that I just named make me think about life and ourselves, you know, success. In order to have success, we got to have a relationship with good and bad. We got to have most relationship with good, but it's going to take some bad to actually get us because we learn just as much from the bad as we do from the good. So I think about like the uh, I have a little story that I tell um, about the five types of people. Uh, I won't go into it in depth, but what you just said reminded me of those five types of people because those five types of people, like you said alignment, balance, they uh, help me to get to my North Star, keep me focused. Predators, you know, people who sometimes we just don't know what their motive is, you know, and all these five people have actually motives themselves, but the parasite, okay people who probably take from us more than they give us players people who play on our emotions or play on whatever it is that we are excited about then you have participators which i think majority of of our uh, of people that we have relationships with uh are participators and then you have partners these are the real people who really help us so when you gave your analogy of of the bronco and i started thinking about the ignition the battery the alternator the flywheel the pistons. all those are like similar to people in our lives and then there's a bad that's mixed up in there but it's used for good gas and that spark to get us to our destination because without some bad in there none of that other stuff wouldn't propel us to our destiny and get us to where we want to go so um you know, that was a great, a great, a great share and a great share with Dora. Um, I just enjoyed it, man. It was it was good. So uh, thank you. Thank you for your share. And thank you, Dora. Um, yes, I'm sir. Tyrone Poole. Uh, thank you. I'm done.
1: Thank you very much, Tyrone. And uh, when I took your question, um, I'll be honest. As a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan, I had no idea you were that Tyrone Poole. Um <clears throat> Hey, man, you're. <laughs> You were the cornerback for the Colts. I know exactly who you are. Um, <laughs> holy cow! Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm I'm from Carolina, but I'm older than the Panthers, so I'm a Colts fan. Anyway, sorry everybody for the man boy moment. Um, I just I he, know he was know. a Patriot too, Brad. So let's no, shut up. Just remember that. <laughs> let's just remember he's Sean, a hard, Patriot it's too early in the morning to be using <laughs> profanity. Don't 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 do it. Don't do it. Can someone say something wholesome that doesn't have the word "patriot" in hey, it? Brad. Yes. <laughs> hey
2: Brad. Hey Brad. Go Eagles. Oh, all right. All right.
1: That's, I'm okay <laughs> with.
2: That is enough. I will
1: clear the stage. Hey, people. Hey Brad. Yes. Fire
5: away. Wherever you are. Hey, this this is Michael Guthrie, and, and and again, thank you for uh, your your share this morning. So many really good points. But as I as I DM'd you just a couple minutes ago, I think you know that that passage in Exodus 17:12 where. Uh, God has Moses raising his arms uh, to to do the work and and to have the things happen that need to happen. And when his arms got tired, um, his sons had to come and hold his arms up. And I just think that picture of the close friends that that you were talking about that run deep, um, you know, just it's just an amazing picture of that. And then when you look in John 2, um, when the paralyzed guy, yeah, the Bronco can't work, right? Can't turn it on, so in some ways it's paralyzed, and you needed people to help you push that thing down the highway or however you got it to the place. Well, four friends picked that guy up who was paralyzed, who couldn't get to the professional, couldn't get to Jesus, and literally carried him there, dropped him down through a ceiling. and And the cool thing about it, and some of you um, on this on this um, in this room this morning have heard me say this, the cool thing about it that I never saw until my own health challenges is that Jesus didn't say because of the paralyzed guy's faith, he would walk. He said because of the faith of his friends, that Jesus saw the friends carrying the paralyzed guy to him so that he could heal him, just like your friends helped you carry your Bronco to uh, Wayne so he could heal heal, heal heal the Bronco. So anyway, just just a couple of things that I think uh, go along with what you were sharing this morning.
1: Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much. That's, that's really good. Jackie, you sent me a message. far away, sis. Hey, Brad. How are you? I'm outstanding. Thank you.
6: Yeah, great. I enjoyed your share. One of the things that really stood out for me is when you were talking about the story about uh, the minister and the person that um, said, you know, I'm tired of hearing this message. Or not tired, but why do you keep saying the same message over and over? You know, then the minister says, "Uh, once you start doing what I'm talking about, then I'll stop saying it. You know, so I love it because once you start applying, so I I have never been a person that wants to repeat anything. I mean, I just want to do it and, and be done with it, so I won't have to repeat it. You know, and I grew up, my mom with eleven children, she taught us that early on. If I say do it one time, you do it the right the right way, you're gonna have to repeat it. So I grew up doing that. When she told us to do things, we did it the right way the first time because we knew there were consequences that we did it. So I love that because I've been able to take that, that principle of um doing it right the first time into my work. Of course, as a nurse, you know, it's really important that I am and as a I'm a director of nursing. So it's important that I do those things and, and we do sometimes with people alive, you don't have time to repeat things over. You gotta do it right the first time for the patient because it could mean life or death. So um that's important. And then I've been able to also bring that into my business, which is working very well. So I, I'm just grateful for good principles and, and that this story just resonated with me. So I just want to say thank you for sharing that. And this is Jackie, I'm done speaking.
1: Well, thank you very much, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. And I always trust anyone in nursing. My wife's a nurse. Um, so guys, I have been given permission to go a little bit past the hour. Um, we can go almost all the way to 10 minutes past the hour. So. If you've got a share on your mind, feel free to unmute. let me know.
7: Hey, this Come is Patty.
1: Hey Patty, go ahead.
7: Hey, how are you? So you know what, uh, when Tyrone was p- speaking about the car and you, the car, you know, what just came to mind just bubbled up was the small little things. You got all those amazing parts, right? The engine, the piston and all that great stuff, but guess what? How about the little things that matter? Like the key, right? the key the key it's just so so like almost insignificant but you can't you can't start the car without the key but it's those little things and of course like you know i'm trying to be metaphoric here but it's those little things that matter that smile that hey you know is everything okay could i you know that that question that you ask that you know arm around the shoulder and also who's in that car right and again i'm being metaphoric here but who's in that car are they saying hey watch out there's a ditch um you know or or you know you're you're falling asleep you the nudge don't don't fall asleep at the wheel you know so it's being mindful who's around you who's in your car and the little things don't take it for granted and i just wanted to share that because it bubbled up when you guys were sharing have an awesome day
1: oh that's really really good thank you for that yeah i I mean i think uh there's a there's a song um it's called uh simple things i think it's by a guy named teddy swims and that's all it is, is it's talking about the simple the simple little things and like uh this morning as we've all been sitting here and I'm over here, you know, looking at my notes, sitting in my office, doors closed, turning on some lights, but not too many. Cause I do have three sons and my 13 year olds a crazy person who gets up early on Saturdays just by will. Um, my two year old is not that person. So about halfway through the segment, I'm going to hear Benjamin moving. He's going to talk, he's going to call out, for one of the other four members of the family. And it's never a signifier of anything. It's just the way he wakes up. And anytime I'm in my office and I can hear him, it's it's a small thing, but it helps to recalibrate wherever it is that I'm at. It's not, it's not a shift from a problem. It's just, it, 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 it tightens my posture. It reminds me of, gosh, why I wanna be on stages like this, why I wanna have influence in people's lives. Is because ultimately I want to raise good men and I've been given three of them. So uh, just that little sound, you guys can't hear it, but I heard it down the hall. And I say, like, oh, Benjamin's awake. We're going to, because one day he's going to come in and y'all are going to meet him because he is crazy. But um, until then, he'll just be uh, a course correction for me on a good day, um, let alone a bad one. What else we got, guys? Anybody else have anything?
8: Brad, good morning. It's Linnell Burns. How are you?
1: Hi, Linnell. How are you?
8: I'm well, thank you. Thank you for this segment. I loved your analogy in regards to the vehicle. And one of the things that caught me was the fact that your mechanic has knew exactly what to do. And I think in life, when we have situations and we are out of alignment with what our purpose is or what our cause is, we can sometimes tap into the wrong people. But when we have an expert in the field, someone who can guide us and do the things that are necessary in order to get us back on the road, the journey is much smoother. And so I love this analogy this morning. I also want to say I can hear the spirit of God just permeating your voice this morning, and it is a beautiful thing, Brad. This is Linnell. I'll go ahead and mute my mic.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Linnell. I appreciate that. That uh, That is received. I received that. Thank you very much. All right, Dear guys. Brad. Fire away. Who is that?
9: It's Dr. Suki.
1: Hi, Dr. Suki.
9: And I thank you very much for the the whole piece. But what hit me is your last comment about your children, because I teach. And what we hear... Is something that we are and you, you you shared it and you said it, but something that we are sometimes not aware of in that we influence the greatest thing that we have, and that's the kids that we show um just our our spirit for. And so I I thank you for including that in being aligned because you helped that child to understand his or all three of your boys to understand their own alignment just by the recognition of who they are as people and so i compliment you for that to add in addition to what you shared which was absolutely outstanding this morning otherwise i wouldn't be up at four (laughs) o'clock
1: yeah yeah good very very early good morning to you yeah i it's really funny um as soon as I start talking about my kids who are nowhere near me now, now they're all downstairs um, and they're doing their thing and they are losing their mind. I assume when I go downstairs that everything's going to smell like sadness and be broken. Um, Cause I have three boys. So there's already not a lot of pretty in our house and it's all on my life. And, and now when I go downstairs, my two-year-old will have, um, Choke slammed a couch, uh, thrown a th- TV through a window. It's Lord of the Flies in my house. That's where I live. Um, my, poor, my poor, poor wife. Um, all right, guys. I know it's the top of the hour, um, and Barb is absolutely going to be on. But uh, we we got a couple extra minutes for shares as we get our thoughts on alignment. Dr. Sean, fire away. Good morning. Uh, you know, one of the things
10: I wanted to talk about was, was, you know, at the beginning of the story, how you went for help. And how you asked a professional for help. And I'm gonna give, I'm gonna to try to land this really quick, but I'm gonna talk a little longer than I normally do about this because you mentioned chiropractic so much. I, I feel like I have to get everybody set up straight again. So um, when you talk about your shoulder and you talk about the problem of your shoulder, it really nine times out of 10, the problem in the shoulders never started in the shoulder to begin with. So you can have your shoulder fixed, you can, have, you, can have your, you, you can work on your shoulder, you can have that rehab, but if you don't fix the original problem that caused the, 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 the shoulder to break down in the first place, which in most ca- people's cases is their feet and how their feet hit the ground. Because if your feet hit the ground the wrong way, then it shifts your pelvis shifting your pelvis causes lateral curves in your spine called scoliotic curves not full blown scoliosis in most cases but just scoliotic curves as your body tries to get your eyes back over your sacrum and as you tilt your pelvis your shoulders will tilt the opposite way in a, in a way in a, in a, in, a, in a in a in hopes of balancing out what your feet did to your pelvis so if we don't fix people's feet then the problem in the shoulders is just going to come back you know, 30 years later when we did not when, when we've forgotten that we had a problem with our shoulder to begin with. So it's really important when you have a problem. You know, one of my favorite expressions is fish don't know how wet they are until they jump out of the goldfish bowl. Right. You are not a good <laughs> observer of your own ish. You don't know. You can't see yourself objectively because all you feel is the pain. But it's really important that you do get help from whether it be a coach, a chiropractor, a dentist. Any of these things that with people who are willing to look at you objectively and and diagnose the problem two ways, what's happening now and what happened before. And it's usually the what happened before that will fix everything. So as you're looking for alignment, understand that alignment is not necessarily something you can see from your perspective because you are bent.
1: I think that's all I've got, Brett, thank you. That's good. That's good. So, so everybody who's listening, however many people are on, I don't, I don't have any idea. Um, it's next week when I give this stellar talk on overcorrection and compensation, let's just all pretend Sean didn't just give it and that I didn't <laughs> listen to the replay and just rip off the chiropractor in the room. Um, cause man, thinking about, uh, some of our misalignments aren't, decompensations, but they're overcorrections. There they're times where we are trying so hard to fix a problem with what we ascertain is as the problem. So we're tilting our shoulders, not recognizing that the problem's in our feet. I think is uh wow. I think that's really good. <laughs> it's really good. I hadn't even thought and I have a chiropractor here in town who told me that my hip uh displacement or I guess just out of balance was the reason my shoulders were so out of balance. Not an injury in high school, but the compensation for it for twenty years. So, I, gosh, I lived that and literally have X-rays that show it. But I, yeah, that's really that's really really good, Sean. Um, we got a couple minutes left. I can see Brad, the uh, it, yes.
2: If I can add to Doctor Sean, that is what I was trying to figure in my head because I've been going through weeks of physical therapy and. Um, I thought it was a torn calf muscle, but through actually months now, of physical therapy, it comes down to what we thought was the broken foot. Well, I did have a broken foot, but then I forgot to tell her an important key is what I mentioned to you guys last week that I was shot in a robbery and a part of my femoral artery was closed off. So I'm not getting this blood supply. So I was just going to add to Dr. Sean is. Yes, you can find that problem, but sometimes, you know, you keep digging and digging and digging and it won't happen overnight. You know what you think you get down to the bottom of the problem. Don't forget to tell everything too. <laughs> so I just totally forgot to tell her all these months because that's something that happened 25 years ago, you know? So just adding that onto what Dr. Sean said, I, I was trying to figure a way to, to make a good analogy for myself and he summed it up so perfectly. Just wanted to add that last bit. Thanks, Thanks, Brad.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I really, really just a drop. Just, we're all just kind of humming along thinking about alignment and, and overcompensation. Then Mary Lynn's like, and then I got shot in a robbery. (laughs) Holy crap. Um, it it always, like there's no smooth way to like lean that into a story. You know what I mean? It'd be like, if I just suddenly said on the call, also I'm eight foot six, like, it's just always going to shock the system you know like it's just it's crazy it's like uh it's like when um when brian Benstock and barbara majeski come in the room everything changes they come in the room and you're like hold on now it's different oh oh it smacks a little different now that Benstock and majeski are here that's like we can be humming along with a normal conversation then mary lynn's like and oh, you know what it was i forgot Someone shot me. Holy cow! Um, you win. Can you do me a favor every week? I just want you here. I want you hearing. I value you. I have enjoyed getting to know you on this app. But for sure, I want you just to find a way every week to be like, and then I got shot because no one else, has (laughs) no one else has that. Like, I'll work it
2: in gracefully. Tyrone
1: Tyrone Pool came on this show. And I got to talk to a former cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. And that's the second most shocking thing that's happening in the <laughs> Oh, man. I love man. this show so here. freaking Brad is God, now Brad. fully awake. <laughs> I'm wide open. Yeah, I'm gonna go, and everything's frozen here. So I'm not going to go anywhere. So I'm going to go downstairs and just question why we've had so many kids. That's all I'm going <laughs> to do. I'm just going to go downstairs and question life choices. That's all. Um,